1: I'm Pat Nevin This is Ali Riley.
0: Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast Welcome back Chelsea fans to another episode of the London is Blue podcast your home for all things Chelsea FC Dan, Mike, Nick and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches we cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews thank you already for being an awesome listener and you know what? let's jump right in Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of London's Blue
1: Podcast. This is Dan here, and I know it's a midweek. It's really weird to get a podcast right before a Europa League semifinal, but here we are. We're doing it. We have Frankfurt coming up, and as much as my fellow co-hosts who aren't here, Brandon, Nick, and Mike, and I all specialize in Chelsea we don't necessarily specialize in the Bundesliga. We don't specialize in German football. And so we felt like it was time to phone a friend, to tap someone else up, to bring them into the show. And we are doing that with Brian Sanders, who's from the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast, and it's at HEF Pod on Twitter. Brian, welcome to the show and glad to have you aboard.
2: Oh, it was uh, nice to be on here, especially considering such a moment. Occasion uh, in each club's history,
1: it's a uh, exciting times indeed for both clubs. Yeah, I think we have a lot that we're going to have to go through here, and we'll get it done in a short, tidy package because this is going to drop Thursday morning. It's going to be you're going to be listening to it Thursday morning, and you got a match only a few hours after that. So uh, we want to get you set, we want to get you ready, we want to get you on your way. But Brian, just to maybe a quick little highlight for us: How did you end up starting? You know your passion your love your desire to support frankfurt where would that come from
2: right so uh if some people may remember all the way back to oh the summer of 2006 the united states national team was take was participating in the fifa world cup hosted in germany one of the stadiums was uh frankfurt stadium many other stadiums that are going to be part of the next uh european championships that are going to be occurring in what about, about five or so years time and I was getting excited from watching the World Cup. I thought the U.S. did well, in case anyone needs to be reminded. Uh, a little bit better than we did the last World Cup. <clears throat> but on a uh, big soccer message board, uh, I live in Kansas City, so I had a local Major League Soccer side to follow and still do very fervently and was looking at some interesting ideas for new chance, uh from some of the more hardcore elements. And there was this YouTube clip of these fans from frankfurt i knew that my family his uh genealogy came from the frankfurt area i found it really interesting that the fans were uh just making the entire ground shake as they were bouncing up and down and chanting along and i was like wow this is really interesting and recognized that there was an eagle on the crest and i'm like Okay, one, two, three, yeah, we're, we're go for this, and uh, I've been an truck fan ever since. Been hard to follow the Bundesliga until Fox acquired the television rights in recent years, but uh, it's some exciting stuff. I mean, we're probably going to have Bayern win the Bundesliga again, but it's been an exciting uh, title race and race for Europe throughout the entire season.
1: Well, that is the important part. And, you know, obviously, as we've witnessed that it's basically been a two-horse race at the top and then everybody else in the middle tier in the Premier League this season has basically been hot-potatoing the third and fourth (laughs) positions uh, amongst a group of four teams. Uh, It's nice, you know, to have some things that are consistent, like, you know, Byron finding a way to stumble into winning the league one more time. And, uh,
2: yeah. With Frankfurt's old coach, I might add. Eintracht Frankfurt qualified for the Europa League uh, via winning the DFB Pokal, uh, the German Cup, uh, last year at the very end of the German soccer season. Uh, first title win since 1988. And Byron decided, yeah, we like a little bit of this. Uh, we'll have your coach. And here's you know a modest severance fee for his contract. So
1: they're the guests at a party that just wants a little bit extra of everything, and like you just you you would want to say no, but somehow they just end up absorbing it in. So like they end up walking mm-hmm. home with like half of the stuff that's in your you know kitchen fridge, and then also like a pair of shoes. And you're wondering like how did they take that, and you still invite them over to your home. Every time.
2: Yeah, that 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 can sum up Bayern. You can also say the same thing of in recent years, of Juventus in Italy. I think they're celebrating their eighth straight title. PSG have won what their fifth title in the last six years. It is something that you see on the continent. I am pleased to say that at least in Spain and England, they have at least kind of fended that off just a tiny bit with having a little bit more diversity at the top. But uh, it's the way that European soccer now moves as opposed to, say, 25 years ago.
1: Yeah, well, we are going to get in to a couple of specifics about the match at hand, talk a little bit about you know where we're kind of concerned about maybe certain players, how the seasons have been rolling for our respective clubs and you know typically we do the iTunes reviews and Patreon posts we're going to skip that until we hit the end of the week because we don't have time for it right now. So let's take a look. We've got this match coming up today at this point when it's being listened to in the Europa League is a semi-final. The winner will most likely face Arsenal at least the way the scores are holding but who knows this entire European football week has been quite disastrous for a lot of fan bases and mainly us. Um, it's home field base. advantage throughout the entire semifinals. You look at our, the grand total
2: of what, uh, six, uh, semifinals in Europa league and champions league that have been played. And outside of Eintracht versus Chelsea, that ended, uh, one to one. The home team has uh, very deservedly won each in every, oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, most of the time, the home team has won uh, each uh, with notable exception to a certain semifinal that uh, just concludes as we record on the 8th of May.
1: Yeah, that was uh, obviously a, quite the turn of events. Um, but, you know, we have a, a different position here. You know, a lot of teams have been coming in with big leads and, you know, having massive recovery efforts that have have to go down Chelsea and Frankfurt level. Aggregate one-one heading into this match, and you know, as I think about that, you know, is there any, you know, we have you know the benefit of an away goal, but obviously it's very easy to cancel that out with a goal. You know, what's your confidence percentage that Frankfurt are going to come in and take it off Well,
2: here's why I think uh, I can give you a couple of reasons as to why Eintracht Frankfurt will be able to go toe to toe. Uh, with uh, Chelsea FC. So it's the return of Sebastian Allaire, who's been out for a couple weeks. He's been the best player on this Eintracht team so far in all competitions, 14, uh, 14 goals, 9 assists. He holds up the ball really well, and he's been linked to the Premier Premier League for uh, the last two seasons. So uh, some people are obviously taking note. When Sebastian Allaire is in the starting 11, Eintracht scores... On average, I would say uh, over two goals a match. And when he is not in the starting 11, you're just over a goal a match. The guy really kind of brings things together. Uh, I mean, Ante Rebic is a player who is who really uh, a lot of people found during uh, the most recent World Cup. While Luka Jovic has really kind of blossomed during this season. But each of these two uh, top players, we call the the three of them the three Buffaloes. And what we have is both players will just play right off of Alea and they'll just ping in the goals, you know, from all corners. It does not really matter. They just link up so well with Sebastian Alea, And when he is not uh, on the field for Eintracht, Eintracht is nowhere near as devastating when it comes to the attack. And with him back and with him... Uh, with a really focused mind, uh, he's had a long, He's had a decent injury layover. Uh, been out for I think the last three ma- th- four matches. Excuse me, and. For me, he is the best player that is on this Eintracht lineup. And yes, I know that everyone seems to be all about Luka Jovic and all the goals he has been scoring. But the fact of the matter is,
1: uh, without Alia, Jovic is not anywhere near as good. Well, you know, when I think about Holier uh, and the fact that, you know, he's also, you know, part Ivorian, you know, we know about Ivorian strikers at Chelsea. We are uh, big <laughs> fans of a one Didier Drogba and you know that is not necessarily the sight of the you know the type of player i want to see coming into the box and tackling our defense which unfortunately has been a little porous at times hampered by injury with antonio rudiger out for the remainder of the season with a knee injury we do have David Luiz and Christensen in, but Christensen has been a a little suspect at times and does. But
2: he knows the Bundesliga. He knows most of these players. Uh, It should be noted on the Eintracht uh, uh, team from playing uh, with Bruce and glaibach And I think he, if there's any one player in Chelsea's defense who will be able to withstand anyone more, I think it is uh, Christensen, to be honest. He was a really good player for the Foles as uh, Bruce Muzengladbach was able to get multiple top four finishes whilst he was in the heart of the defense. Yeah,
1: the one thing he has not been able to do is find the back of the net. And uh, in any scenario, that would be a wonderful time. It's always a wonderful time for someone to start scoring. It'd be wonderful if Christensen chose a set-piece goal uh, in this match to score, because we... Finally, in our last Premier League match, realized that we actually can score off of set pieces, scoring uh two goals from set pieces in about 127 seconds separated from one another. So I'm hoping that we can replicate some of that success because you know you asked me a question leading up to us planning for this recording was how important is this match to Chelsea now that we've qualified for the Champions League based upon just league position? And in light of everything that has happened today, which is going to result with either Tottenham or Liverpool hoisting the Champions League trophy. I think it is all, all the more imperative for Chelsea to go out and show that we are still in the conversation when it comes to being a European elite. And I know that Europa, Europa league is like elite with an asterisk at the end of it. Um, Relative to Champions League elite, but to have to go through this competition, and I know Frankfurt has experienced this as well. play on a Thursday, play on a Sunday, and the challenges that that has put in actually our league form, I think it's a, almost sometimes even more impressive to kind of pull off that feat when the scheduling gods have just absolutely done no, done you no favors in that type of scheduling. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, that's an easy way to put it. When you have uh, two more matches that you can possibly face just to even make the final, and you're running for Eintracht, for people who did not know, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, won their group, a group that included Marseille, you know, normal top end finishers in Ligue 1, also has an American owner there. And you also had Lazio, a traditional top-end team in Italy, also in your group. And you not only win your group, but you win it by winning all six matches. Then you proceed thinking, all right, we're going to get an easy draw. Nope. Get Shakhtar Donetsk. Get into Milan get Benfica in the road to play against Chelsea FC. Those three teams who participated in the Champions League, three teams who are known commodities of the knockoff phase of football, whether it's Europa League or Champions League. Everyone with European titles there. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk just in the uh, what is now the Europa League. Eintracht has uh, had an interesting road uh, to the semifinal in that not only are you facing top-end teams – uh, in the case of Eintracht versus Benfica going down 4-2 to two away and then making a comeback at home. They had to make the win at Inter Milan because the first match was all knotted up and zeros, w- going to Milan and winning. And also the sheer fact that going up against a team in Shakhtar who last time out uh, was in the Champions League, Eintracht Frankfurt was able to take it to them in both matches winning on aggregate 6-3. to three. Eintracht has been able to go up against
1: tough odds and still come through yeah i'm I'm not surprised that it was difficult for us in the first match amazing atmosphere from the frankfurt fans which you're welcome
2: (laughs) anyone who would anyone who has never gone to uh or noticed how like what it makes the bundesliga special it's the atmosphere in the stadium that stadium is on a week-to-week basis just as raucous as that now the moment the was a little bit more special. So we're talking people in your corporate seats at midfield who probably paid thousands upon thousands of euros to sit in that seat. Uh, they were acting like as though they were a part of the hardcore element behind the goal and making noise. It was a special occasion, but... That is something that the Bundesliga can always offer. Uh, unbelievable atmosphere in a stadium that, you know, is well in, and truly suited to big time matches. That's
1: quite some Cinderella fairy godmother magic to pull off getting the corporate seats to do a little dancing and <laughs> acting acting like they're a part of the uh, the mob or the crowd. So credit to that. You know, I think... Obviously, even though it's a smaller contingent of visiting fans for Frankfurt, I will imagine that they will be heard loud and proud over the studio broadcast that most of us are going to be <laughs> listening into uh, you know, with the predominantly American audience we have, but obviously Global One, and we're excited for those who will be at the bridge and hopefully will make themselves heard or attempt to do so. So if you were to kind of then take that question, though, about how important is this match to Frankfurt – you know relative to league position relative to qualifications for more european football where, where do you rank that cuz obviously we're we're safe but yeah you know, i think contextually we'd like to win a trophy this season we don't have any and chelsea's really a you know it's not a for profit club like some it is a for championship clubs and you know we we've got a trophy case that needs some more trophies and uh, <laughs> if we keep on getting them we can rent out the other space in london that doesn't have any yet and I really hope I'm not damning myself by saying that, because <laughs> I we really need that space for us. You know, we're not getting a stadium you. a new stadium anytime soon. We're going to need the extra space.
2: The last time Eintracht Frankfurt was in a European semifinal was before anyone, most people probably listening to this podcast were born. It was uh, Eintracht Frankfurt versus Bayern Munich in the '79-80 UEFA Cup, which is now known as the Europa League. Uh, That was in the semifinals then. Eintracht Frankfurt went on to win that final uh, against another uh, Bundesliga team in Borussia Mönchengladbach, who we uh, mentioned as Andros Christensen had previously played for. And before that, you would have to go back to a Cup Winners Cup semifinal in 75-76, losing to West Ham at that juncture. Yeah, West Ham in in a European semifinal (laughs) <laughs> something you would never think of hearing about today. And the last time Eintracht was in another juncture just as highly poised as this. It was the 5960 uh, 60 European Cup, uh, as Champions League is now known as, final as Eintracht Frankfurt took on Real Madrid in what is considered still one of the greatest football matches of all time. Notice the extremely large gap between 1980 and today in 2019. This is this is the biggest moment that Eintracht has had as a club in a very long time. We have competed for Bundesliga titles, but have not won Bundesliga titles. We've been relegated to enjoying, uh, most recently, our fifth uh, domestic cup trophy, as compared to Chelsea FC, who, uh, since the takeover of Roman Abramovich in two thousand, I think, and three, quite a few. Uh, monumentous moments have happened for that call. But for Eintracht, this is a return to the old glory days when in the mid nineties, Eintracht was making the quarterfinals of the UE- the UEFA cup on a pretty regular basis for us. This is the end all be all because uh, as the Bundesliga presently stands uh, this season, Eintracht Frankfurt in fourth place on just goal difference at present moment in time with two matches in the Bundesliga left to play and things are tightly poised because we face our local rivals in Mainz uh, 5 or Fump, as we say in German, and Bayern Munich themselves on the last match day. So, Eintracht Frankfurt has two options. Go through into the Champions League via league format or go into the Champions League by winning the semifinal final then winning the final, and all during that time, you're still in fourth place on just goal difference. It's really tightly poised, and, uh, Really? It's all for Europe because the dream has been on. The fans have been traveling in great numbers. Donetsk had about five thousand fans. There were five thousand fans in Lisbon against Benfica. There were ten thousand fans who traveled to Milan for uh the round of sixteen. This is just a Cinderella dance, so Cinderella just wants to keep on dancing, doesn't want to hear the the bell strike 12.
1: Well, hopefully there are some players in Chelsea who can help that bell strike 12 and turn the pumpkin back into its original form. Uh, But before we talk about a couple of players that give us terrors and those who we think potentially on reverse are going to make magic happen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, so now the break is done. There are players that we're probably looking at from from opposite sides that maybe are the ones that maybe us individually are super excited because they're the game changers that we're looking to make the magic happen. And alternatively, there are players that scare the living daylights out of us because if they go off, we know that it's probably game over for our side. So who are the one or two players you're looking at specifically to Chelsea that you're concerned about particularly after watching the last match and thinking that they're going to be the one or two players that might turn everything around relative to what you hope to be the narrative ending which is a frankfurt victory
2: right so if i if i want to pick out a couple of players on chelsea's team uh, that i think you know can do the business that do scare me just a little bit you know I worry about the two big fish that you guys have. Now, one has been uh, used almost as a super sub at times, and then when he's been put on in the Europa League has only been like the highest goal scorer this year. Uh, Olivier Giroud, I mean, the boy, he may be 32, but he also realizes that, hey, you know, uh, I'm not getting any younger. And he just has a way of uh, putting the ball in the back of the net, leading a line that... You know, other players are able to look at and, you know, model themselves after this. In this Europa League season, I think he scored, what, 10 goals? He's He's been given his opportunity to play. And guess what? He's providing, uh, allowing for other players to kind of succeed alongside him. Uh, one other player that I would say I'm worried about, should he see the field and get going, Eden Hazard? Uh, we've seen plenty of his brother, but we've not seen Ed in, uh, in, in and amongst it when it comes to the Bundesliga. And I really am kind of wondering what kind of options he will kind of provide, whether he com- is in the starting lineup or he's coming off the bench. Uh, these big men for Chelsea, I think, are the ones that scare me the most. And uh, yeah, there's plenty of other players I'm sure that are, can contribute in, and, you know, suddenly be the life of the party, as someone might think. But these two guys, for me, like without blinking an eye, are guys that I'm uh, uh, cautious about.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely can understand why you'd be afraid of Ed and Hazard. And uh, under Maurice Asari has had his best statistical season ever, has contributed to uh, basically 50% of... Chelsea's goal slash assist in the Premier League this season. Um, Amazing contributor. Really, when he's on his day, there's not a better player on the pitch typically unless we're going up against Barcelona uh, and Messi's on the field. So that's (laughs) kind of the situation there. There's a reason why Real Madrid want him there. I will say the partnership of Jovic and Holler has me absolutely terrified because I think what we got to see in this first match was a player who understandably is being scouted by pretty much every top team in Europe because we all know that finding a striker is super difficult, and the way that he took that header, pinpoint perfect delivery, got it right past Kepa, was absolutely fantastic, and he was really making life difficult for both David Luiz and Andreas Christensen, even though you did kind of give him some plaudits earlier, both of their days were not very easy in that match, thanks to Jovich. Now you get Holler back, who, as you said earlier, has been on a little bit of a injury reprieve, has had a chance to recharge his batteries, get back to full fitness, and their strike partnership together has been very, very good and now my concern is we really struggled with one, and now you have the two to worry about, and that's where I'm just a little concerned, particularly with N'Golo Conte not being in the lineup, and we've seen sometimes what it what happens when Angolo isn't able to be available, so now we're going to have likely a midfield three of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Jorginho, and Kovacic being the three individuals who are trying to make things happen, and I'm less confident about that three as I would be if N'Golo Conte was there. So, you know, there's there's gonna be a lot of runs made past the midfielders, and I don't think the pace of Jorginho has always been perfect. He's definitely kind of come back into his form after getting the headband injury. Like that has apparently done like a system reboot on him and he's back to his original factory settings, which is great. But yeah, I'm definitely not looking forward to facing the strike partnership that is going to give me nightmares as i go to bed tonight <laughs>
2: and like i like i mentioned uh, you also got the other buffalo who when those two jovic and alia are pushing right out the middle i will say you're going to need someone to keep eyes on rabich because when clubs focus on those two rabich goes off and when that happens, it's Game over. There's a reason why Bayern Munich is uh, has been trailing after him uh, ever since uh, they took our coach away.
1: Well, uh, we, we do know as as a club that <laughs> frequently will not only just buy the manager um, or get him out of his contract and sign him, but also potentially acquire one player of import from his time at a previous club. Um, not, not uncommon. Not uncommon for that to happen. So... As we kind of look to to round out the evening of questions that we're kind of going through here and getting people set for the match today, Jovic, obviously, is probably the one currently most rumored to be leaving, and Frankfurt, obviously, with phenomenal business sense, get him on a great loan with an option to buy at a super cheap price, and now really have the option to keep him and potentially let his value continue to rise and help Frankfurt continue to rebuild this dominance both in Europe and domestically. Or when you have the likes of Real Madrid, Chelsea, and among others, looking to knock at the door and offer multiple, multiple tens of millions of euros to acquire the services do you have a feeling on what you think the club might do? Do you have any thoughts as a fan and a supporter?
2: Yes. Uh, when it does come down to the big three for Eintracht, that's Alia, that's Jovic, and that's Rebic, all three have been linked with moves away. Alia almost exclusively uh, to the Premier League. And then you have Jovic, who's been linked with, like you mentioned, basically anyone with a boatload of cash who can just ferry it down the river, uh, the river mine <laughs> to Eintracht Frankfurt and the you have but who has been uh, like being tabbed up by teams in Italy and Bayern Munich as well in Germany. Um, in regards to keeping any of our major players that are part of this Eintracht team at present, it is a question of, are we making champions league or are we making Europa league again? Because at this point in time, Eintracht can guarantee themselves playing in Europe for another season But the question is, is it it for the big, big trophy with the big ears or is it for for the really heavy trophy with not as much money attached to it, which Europa League is the latter? And a lot of chatter has been mostly about the fact that Eintracht believes – as an Eintracht fan, I believe that if we make it uh, to the Champions League – now remember, England, just like Germany, Italy, and Spain get four – spots in the Champions League and they're all group phase spots. If Eintracht finishes into a Champions League group stage spot, all three are staying with the idea that all three will increase their trade value so much that a 60 million uh, euro offer would be considered chump change compared to what they can do. And the fact that, you know, this team has created uh, such amount of buzz considering at the beginning of the season, we had four points after five matches and were thrashed by Bayern Munich in the uh, uh, German equivalent of the charity shield, the uh, DFL super cup. No one would have thought of this team performing the way that they have looking like they're going to be a top four team in the league. And now in the semifinals of the Europa league, not even contemplated and, Should Eintracht finish in the Champions League? Everyone stays. Should Eintracht finish in the Europa League? I think uh, more than likely uh, Jovic will be on his way out for a considerable amount of money, and that money will be allowed to uh, keep a lot of the main pieces in play uh, so that the squad can then continue to be a top five, top six finisher in the Bundesliga, consistently playing in Europe, and push on towards... Bigger and better things. And yes, I am talking about, considering the city that Frankfurt is, I'm talking about eventually toppling uh, the team at Bayern Munich. Because if all guys stay together, because we got Champions League, it is feasible. However, highly
1: unlikely. Well, as much as we would love to watch another team take down Bayern Munich, because as we know, it's really funny and really, really enjoyable, especially when you do it in their home stadium. It's phenomenal. Um, recommended for a friend. It's a five star on Yelp. Would do again. Um, But what I would say is, uh, while we definitely hope that you guys were able to topple Bayern Munich, we hope it is not at the expense of a Chelsea punch ticket to (laughs) the final of the Europa League, which would be crazy if we end up with two Premier League teams in the Champions League, two Premier League teams in the Europa League. It would signal this return to either the Premier League being a really, really great side on Europe, but can't even decide who they want to finish in the top four positions uh, or we just kind of stumbled into it, which would also kind of define the way the luckiness or the lack of luck at times this season has gone for many of the you know top three through six sides uh, at this moment. But, I know that you will be watching the match. Uh, You have the day off tomorrow. You are in Kansas City. We have listeners in Kansas City. One of our hosts, Nick, lives in Kansas City. Uh, Where where should they go to grab a beer, meet up with you, and uh, enjoy the game as friends, uh, even if we root for different teams? Friends in football, yes.
2: Yes. (laughs) Uh, If you're definitely wanting to watch it in the city of Kansas City, my hometown, uh, Casey Beer Company. That's beer spelled B-I-E-R. They have their doors open. Uh, The home of the Bundesliga in Kansas City, but we, uh, who patronize... patron there uh always welcome anyone who is a fan of any of the major leagues there so yeah we stream all we stream all the matches but yeah the buddhist is prevalent there and anyone wanting to watch uh the europa league in english as the only uh in terms of uh over the air tv of any sort uh, for this match is actually univision deportes uh we will be showing the beat um uh, english feed through uh uh, Bleacher Reports, uh, BR Live app. So come on down.
1: Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Uh, I wish you great luck in the league. I wish you eh, luck tomorrow. And uh, thank you for coming on. Don't forget, you can find them at the Hey On Truck Frankfurt podcast. That's at hef pod on Twitter. You can also find them iTunes, Spotify, wherever you grab your podcasts and check them out. But until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Enjoy the match today and keep the blue flag flying high.